Hey guys, it's Brian. It is uh, 4.50 in the morning, Friday morning, um, February 23rd. Let's go with that. Uh, happy Friday, everybody. If you're listening to us on the day the show comes out. If not, it's what a happy whatever day it is uh, whenever you're listening. Um, so we've, uh, we're dealing with a couple schedule com- conflicts and an illness this morning. Um, so... Uh, we're going to run a best of show and it's uh, every appearance from Dominique uh, this time around. So that's two um, appearances by the one and only Dominique. She's so great and so nice and so honest and so accommodating. It's just kind of fun to listen to these uh, back to back. Um, so uh, let's see. So that flu that Will had last week, uh, Sammy Joe has this week. So uh, she's kind of dealing with that. So obviously we wish uh, Sammy Joe the best. I, I know that flu is no fun to deal with. Will's feeling better, but not available this morning. I have a uh, a medical procedure that I won't go into too much detail in, but uh, it's that thing that everybody has to have when they reach a certain age. It's very important. You should absolutely get it done, even though it's not terribly pleasant. Um... I don't know how much detail I need to go into. I think that you can probably figure it out yourself. I think, suffice to say, that the last 24 hours I've been spending a lot of time in the bathroom, let's put it that way. uh, uh, The prep for this particular procedure is not terribly uh, pleasant. You don't get to eat solid food for a full day uh, beforehand. And uh, they clean you out. They give you stuff that's, uh, it's not that bad to drink, really. It kind of tastes like uh, diluted cough syrup, but they really do a, a, a pretty a pretty decent job of cleaning you out. So the reason I'm up at 4.52 in the morning is that uh, I just recently took the second round of the stuff that's going to clean me out uh, so that they can do what they need to do. So um, I'm about to run, so to speak to the facilities and uh, that'll be the end result of the stuff that I just took uh, so the the thing I can do six hours from now uh, can the very important thing I have to do six hours from now can take place so by all means get that done so that's what's happening um, here this morning at the risk of offering too much detail so enjoy these two episodes with Dominique. We'll be back with a brand new show next week. At least that's the plan right now. And uh, some big stuff coming up in the future for the podcast, of course. Please keep supporting live comedy. Uh, and uh, we will uh, we'll see you guys on the other end of a lot of uh, stuff. <laughs> From the Comedy Zone in Charlotte, North Carolina, this is the Comedy Zone Podcast. Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast and email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com. Now, your hosts, Will Jacobs and Sammy Joe Francis. Sure, good to have you here. I know I'm glad to be here. I'm excited, and the, and the women. I mean, everybody loves you, but women. 
I mean, oh, that's yeah, they, yeah. They, they, I mean, they well, get up in there because you you give it a little bit to the men. Yeah, you, you, yeah, you yeah. Because <laughs> I think sometimes you point out some of the hypocrisies. Yeah, it's a lot them. of hypocrisy. They, yeah. they, you're absolutely right, and I'm glad you see it that way. It's a big hypocrisy thing with weight. <laughs> Are you kidding me? They can walk around big as a house, and it's sexy. We get fat, and it's horrible. Come on. That, that, that. Fat is fat. You know what I mean? Fat is fat. <laughs> right. You know, and I'm glad you said that word, hypocrisy. That's what it but is. But you know what? You I didn't even, and a lot of people don't even think about it until you talk about it. Yeah, they don't, because don't nobody talk about men, like I say. Yeah, they don't get on. They don't, we, we, we they got don't it kind of good yeah, with that. Yeah, y'all got it good. Walk around here big <laughs> as a house, can't hardly go up a flight of stairs without puffing out and tie your damn shoes. And he's sitting up there, but we fat. No. <laughs> no. No, we're right. fat. We're fat. Yeah, we're even fat. The men had to laugh like yeah, you got cause it's bullshit. Yeah, like, they, like, yeah you right, you right, you right, you right. <laughs> now you, now you originally, cause when I first, when I first uh, heard you, I was like, she either from DC or Baltimore. I'm from DC. You from DC? Yeah, because you can hear it in yeah. the accent. Yep, I'm from DC. So you, can, you originally from DC? Because I went to Howard. Okay, no I, doubt. Yeah, okay. I, so I was in DC. I went to Howard undergrad and law school. Oh, you were in DC for a while. I was in DC for like ten years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yay. I so I definitely had my little runs through DC. Yeah. I, 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 okay. I like DC. Um, hey, that's a second home to me. Okay. So you you started there though, and you were working a, a postal. Work, yeah, right? I'm born and raised in Washington D.C. Uh, mm-hmm. South Side, shout out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I was working at the post office, and I also worked at an OBGYN. Oh wow! So um, I did both of those jobs, and then they kind of, you know, I was doing a little comedy on the side too. Oh. When I was not when I was working at the post office, that comedy came a little later, mm-hmm. a few years later when I was working at the OBGYN. And I was doing that job, and I had started doing a little stand-up. And I caught on quick, too. Okay, mm. either you're going to give this thing 100%, or it's gonna, you're going to always be uh, straddling the fence a little wow. bit. Right. You know, so I kind of had to make a decision, which is an easy decision to make when you live at home with your mom <laughs> and you ain't nothing but about 24 years old. It ain't you know? that hard. <laughs> no, it ain't that hard. It ain't that hard to walk away from a job. You, you can't walk away from it now. You're like, oh, hell, no, nah, I'm going to just I do this as a hobby. <laughs> and so then I, I did that job, and after I left that job, I um I started doing comedy full time. Just went right in. Just went right in. I had been doing stand, you know, I had been doing it on the weekend, but I had to be to work early. Mm. And I couldn't hang out and I couldn't really commit. When you work at a doctor's office, sometimes we worked at an OBGYN, sometimes we might run late. Mm-hmm. We had, which OBGYN def, just means obstetrics and gynecology, which means we had pregnant patients. So oh, if right. our doctor got held up at the hospital, and we had patients waiting in the office. I might be at work oh, wow. till seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night, oh, that's and then hard, going to the comedy club and have to be back at work at seven o'clock. It was difficult for me. Right, I wasn't very disciplined. You know, I'm young, so I wasn't real disciplined. <laughs> I'm missing work and all this. And then the thing changed at the doctor's office. We had a little tragedy at the doctor's office, and I think that kind of changed my course. Anyway, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm over this. Wow. So, yeah. so were you, were you then one of them kids that was always funny, always cutting up? Was the that, whole time. Yeah. So you knew early on you had the, you was I funny. Did. I knew I was funny. Now I didn't know if I could make a uh, stranger's life. Mm. I didn't know if I could do that. Like I know I can make my friends. Laugh. You know, you talking to your friend, you can say some inside joke stuff. And they get it. And they get it. You could say one word. You could be like, boom, boom. And the whole yeah. table, the whole yes. table will fall out laughing. <laughs> Nobody else might not know what boom, boom mean. <laughs> but you know. So I knew that I had the ability to make them laugh. But 
it wasn't until I went to uh, the Greenbelt Comedy Connection, and that kind of linked up. And my mother was very supportive and saying, oh, you should do entertainment. You're funny. That's important. Yeah, yeah, my mother was very, very supportive. She gave me a hard way to go when I told her I was quitting my job. Because, uh, you know, she comes from that. You work hard. You have a family. You do it this way. You do it that way. And, you know, when you in your 20s, your parents don't know if they did a good job yet. <laughs> they hoping. They like, oh, oh, we might mess this one up. This one, she a comedian. Ooh, you going to make a living off comedy. Ooh, this right. not a good one. Yeah. But, you know, she was a little rough on me then. But, I, you know, it was just out of love. Mm-hmm. But it was good for me because I felt like I had to prove to her. Oh, you know what I mean? It was okay. good for me when she was like, hey, I'm like, how you going to pay the bills you have? Because, you know, <laughs> I don't know, parents now, you can just live at their house. When I was coming up, if you was at home, you was going to buy something, some groceries. <laughs> Give me a couple dollars of that paycheck. You ain't about to be living up here because you're supposed to be on your own. <laughs> you know, so, and she's just how you going to make your money? I said, I, I, I'm going to tell jokes. Well, how much did they make? Right. I said, Ma, I don't know. You start out fifty dollars <laughs> and then they keep going up and she just looked at me. She gave me that look, you know, that mama's look. Mm-hmm. She said, Okay then, comedian. <laughs> but that was good for me because it made me feel like knowing my mother, I was like, I got to prove to her mm. that this ain't no that this not a phase for me. Right. That I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna have some uh, stick to itiveness with this yeah. and we're gonna keep it moving. So um I started doing that and I went to uh, New York from D.C. Wow, you went, just went straight to New About York? About two, two years later. Okay. Two years later, I had I, been doing comedy like two years, maybe two and a half years, and I met Mike Epps then. Oh, wow. Yes, I met Mike Epps in this comedy room I used to host with Joe Clay and Red Grant. It's called oh, Tacoma yeah. Station, and we hosted that room, and I met Mike Epps. And when now, I, around when was this? you remember what year that was? Around had to be in the mid-90s. Mid-90s, okay. Yeah, it had to okay. be like mid-90s, mid yeah, let's say about 96, 95, wow. 94, around that era. Wow. And um, I was met Mike, and we had got this good report going. And then sometime I would go to New York, and Mike was already living in New York, and we would link up. And he told me one day, he said, you know what I think you, he said, you got to leave your hometown. Mm. I said, okay. I said, why? He said, you got to give yourself a fighting chance. He said, we don't know what's going to happen in the business. We don't know where we headed. He said, but we got to get out of our hometown just to give ourselves a fighting chance. And it turned out to be one of the best moves I ever made. Really? You know, I'm I'm from D.C., uh, born and raised. But when it comes to stand-up, I would definitely have to say I was birthed out of New York birthed City. Out of New York. No doubt about so it. When, so when he said give yourself a fighting chance, did he mean put yourself up against people that, you know, in front of crowds that don't know you? Or did he mean... Going up against comics you ain't as familiar I, with? I, d- I just think he meant like a, almost like a lottery. Okay. If you don't buy the ticket, you won't have a chance to win. You got to buy the ticket to put yourself in the pool. Gotcha. So, yes, different exposures. Maybe not so much uh, comics, but mm-hmm. as opposed to different audiences. And okay. like you know in New York, it's every ethnic group in the world in New York. Yeah. You could go from doing a white room to a mainstream room with everybody, going straight out to uh, uh, Brooklyn and doing a completely Jamaican and West Indian spot. Right, I got so you. So as far as a stand-up, you cross it's diverse it's, crowds. It's diverse, and you can work so very much. Mm. You can go up every night. You can go to three and four different rooms a night. And that was at this time. I don't know now. Yeah. But that was at this time. You could go to three, two and three different rooms a night. So it was really good for me. Now, it helped me grow. Mm-hmm. It helped me grow, and it made me very well-rounded, and it gave me a, a strength. 
So on now stage. then, at, as because you have a lot of comedians that they only stick to one kind of room. Yeah. You know, whether some white comics, they won't do, you know, yeah. uh, black rooms they won't, or black comics won't do some white rooms and stuff like that. But you said you got that experience where you can go to any room and have yes, a good time. And, 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 and I really got exposed to the white room through Tracy Morgan. Mm. Tracy Morgan brought me into that world because he did Caroline's every year. And he had these big shows at Caroline's. And, of course, you know Tracy is a mainstream uh, yeah. artist. And um he would always have me open for him in those rooms. Wow. He would have me open for them. And I, and I would always be backstage. And I would be like, I don't know what to tell them. <laughs> and he said, tell them what you tell everybody else. Mm. He said, it ain't that hard to get. He said, right. if they don't like you, it don't got nothing to do with their color. Some people just don't, <laughs> just like, don't like you. <laughs> he said, it don't have nothing to do with the race. He said, they just not going to get you. He said, that's just how it's going to be in this business. And I went out there, and I was who, who I, just myself, and it worked out. Wow. So it was really great. How did, how did y'all meet? How did you meet Tracy? I yeah. met Tracy. I came up to uh, New York, and I had some mutual friends that knew Tracy. Joe knew Tracy, and I had met Tracy on some gigs on the road with Joe. Mm -hmm. And when I came to New York, and I had only been doing stand-up a little while, and this is when he was wearing the propeller hat. I remember that. Yes, I came up to New York, <laughs> and I just rode up there on the whim, you know, because I'm into this comedy thing now, and, I, and I've quit my job at this point. Yeah. And I came up there, and I went to this comedy room. He was at the comedy room. He was on stage. He had a propeller hat. He was like, you want to go up? I was like, mm-mm. I was too scared. You know, I'm from D.C. I was like, now I ain't ready for this. Now I'm doing good at home. But this right here, I'm not ready for this. No, you pushing me too fast. I got to take baby steps. You scared? What you scared for, yo? What you scared? Yo, you can't be scared. Go up there, ma. You scared for what? I said, I'm not ready. You pushing me too fast. And we talked and... He just told me, whenever you come up here, I got you, Ma. I got you. And, and and he was true to his word, and we just kept in touch, and we hung out. And he put me in this independent movie. He told me, I'm doing this movie called 30 Years to Life. Yo, Ma, I'm going to pick you up, and you're going to be in the movie. I was like, all right. I was like, Tracy line. You know what I'm saying? And sure enough, I was leaving this comedy club, and he had this driver back then called Big Jim. I walk out the comedy club, Big Jim out there. I said, what's up, Big Jim? I said, where Trey? He's like, I'm coming to get you. He on the set. He said, bring you down there. And I was in the movie. Wow. He had Big Jim pick me up and bring me down. Because a lot of times folks say that stuff. They be lying. Yeah, yeah it was, I mean? right. But he really, he, he stuck to he that. He stuck to his word. Wow. He stuck to his word. And I recently um, talked to him. I was going to ask you, uh, mm -hmm. how's he doing? Have you, He's you hanging just, in there. Yeah. Keep him in prayer. He's hanging in there. Um, he working hard. To get back, so he ain't in there. Good. So he 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 pull through. He got a lot of work to do. He got a ways to go, but yeah, I, I've always yeah he uh, pull through. Yeah, I've always enjoyed it. I mean, just yeah. from because I remember back from because Def Comedy Jam. Yeah, because you you did uh, I did Def Comedy yeah, Jam. Yeah, you I were did. on Def Comedy yes. Jam, and that because that's where I became familiar with a whole lot of them cats. Was, okay, was okay. Def Comedy Jam, and I remember being young, and this was the nineties, right? I mean, yeah. this was this was the, that was the coolest thing. Like that was the thing was Def Comedy. That was all it was. Yeah, that's that's all it was. TV was different. Yeah. And you know, you that's when you had to pay for HBO. Everybody would flock to the TV on Friday night at midnight, mm -hmm. and they came out there, John, blazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And 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 so that was that was it. 
Yeah. When you got that phone call, and I mean, those Def Jam days, the competition was stiff. I mean, I did so many auditions to get on that show. Really? I did so many auditions. I started in D.C. After I started in D.C., I went to Baltimore. Monique had a club in Baltimore, mm -hmm. and she had auditions at her club. I went to her club in Baltimore. But before I went to her club in Baltimore, I had done a run in New York. Mm. The, the guy that was managing me, he was supposed to be a manager. I didn't need no manager at that time. I wasn't that deep in it. <laughs> he sent me on this run in New York where you did all these rooms. I just basically kept up with Bob Sumner and Cena Graham. Those were the talent coordinators. Wherever I figured they were going to be, I tried to get there. Okay. You know, and I did this run. They had this club called the Peppermint Lounge. Nobody, everybody bombed in that room. It was a big deal, the bomb that ripped that room. And they had auditions in this room. Mm. It's a big deal, right? And everybody was there, right? Even Mike. Mike else was there. And I went up there and killed the room, right? And this woman, when I came off stage, Mike said, I'm about to roll out. He said, but they seen that. I said, yeah, they seen that. <laughs> came back. They had auditions in Baltimore. I went to Baltimore. And the girl, Tina Graham, that worked with Bob something, she said, you ain't got audition. You on. Wow. They going to call. She whispered it to me. She's like, you ain't heard it from me, but they going to call. You wow. made it. I was like, all right. I was sitting there <laughs> just chilling. And they going to say, you want to go up? Hell no. I mean, it ruined my mind. It took me off the list. This be the night I go up and stink the whole joint up. I said, no, nah, I ain't going to get scratched off the list. I'm not right, going I'm up. I'm going to sit and revel in this for a minute. Because right. this is a major accomplishment, and it was a great thing. Because I was able to call my mother at work when they called. I said, Mom. I got on Def Jam. Mm. She said, a TV show. I said, yeah. She said, oh, go ahead, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that, that, that was a good thing. Yeah, I, so. I was going to ask you, was that the moment that your mom kind of bought in a little bit? She bought, like, she okay, was, this she is was, for she, real. She was sold. Mm -hmm. mm. She knew it was for real. Then. And she knew, even though she wasn't at the clubs and those kind of things, she could tell that I had been working on it. And I was a very young comic then. Because even on the show, I think on my show it was – uh, Shucky Ducky, Rudy Rush. And mm. Rudy Rush, I came up with him. I don't know if you know him. I he used to Rudy host. Rush. Yeah, he hosted uh, Showtime at the Apollo for mm -hmm. a while. I came up with Rudy, and we would always laugh because we always had these different milestones together. Like right. Def Jam, me and Rudy on the same show was another TV show. <laughs> like Rudy, he's like, we climbing together. We climbing together. He was on the show, and another dude from Philly named Ronnie Washington. I don't know if Ronnie, Ronnie is Washington. still. I think Ronnie's last name is Washington. Okay. He was on the show. And, and and they called us behind the scenes. They was like, "This our baby show. Wow. These all out because we were very young comics. We might have been like two, three years in, and that's very young. So that was a great, that was a huge accomplishment for us. Yeah, I yeah. mean, so what was so when you went on Def Jam was Martin the host at that time, or who was? Do you remember who was hosting it? They had those. They had different celebrity hosts. Oh. Chris Rock hosted the one I was oh, on. Oh, okay. wow! Yeah, that was the first time, and then I did it again in L.A. And I think Mike was hosting the one I did in L.A. Okay, yeah, because yeah. I remember they had a when they they, they, they bought it back. Remember, mm -hmm. but the original time Chris Rock was host, hosting mine. And you know what? I always credited, um, always credited Russell Simmons. No with doubt that, about because it. Because that gave. Because when I when I was young, you didn't really see a whole lot of black comics, particularly black mm -hmm. young comics no. and urban comics and different. That was a real outlet. Oh, it, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, I The thing I think I, I, I like about the most that he did was the integrity that he had with it. You had to be of a certain caliber of kind of comic. 
You know, he had to see that at least you had potential. He just didn't put anybody on. Mm. And I think on some of these shows, that's where it kind of went wrong when anybody got put on. Yeah. You know, I think that's where we kind of turned veered left a little bit. Yeah. When people just got put on shows just for content purposes, mm-hmm. he didn't do that. He had stiff auditions, and they had to definitely feel like some way, somehow, you had the goods. And um, I'm very grateful for that, and I appreciate him for that. So then and then at that point, you never looked back? No, I never. I, I just kept going at that point. I moved to New York and um, got in that good training ground, you know. Wow. It build you, you know, make you fearless when you're up there. It makes you fearless because, you know, they... They raw. They was raw and ratchet back before we were saying <laughs> ratchet. You know, they'll tell you in a minute, yo, son, get off the stage, yo. It's not funny, yo. No, yo, get off. We popping bottles up in here. People be like, Raheem, Raheem. We popping bottles. He had him for a bottle. Oh, I want to laugh, yo. He going to get off. Well, I'm going to help him get off, son. You know, they like that. So when you go up there, you got to get with it. You right. know what I mean? You got to get with it. Like people always talk about now how I have this constant pace and I continue to keep going and I see, going. Yeah, you this, can see that when you see your, you perform. It's yeah, just real, bam, bam, yeah, hitting people. But that came from New York. Mm. That's the rhythm in which you had to tell comedy to keep their attention. You had to keep going. Any little lack, they just get to talk. They just go haywire right. on you. Especially if they don't know you, right? Because then they're they not going to give you the same kind no, of time. No, they not. Well, they, 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 sometimes if you do it, they'll get you if they know you. They'll Damn. tell you out the frame real fast. You be sitting there saying, it wasn't that heavy. <laughs> tell you all up out the frame all kinds of ways. So wow. That's been good. So I, 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 I've been moving along. So so have you, have you, uh, oh, and um, I just wanted to, so lately uh, you've done some different shows and all kinds of stuff. Black Jesus. Black Jesus. <laughs> How Black did you Jesus. get linked up with that? That show just, is crazy. It's a, it was a casting agent in L.A. Mm-hmm. And I knew her. You know, I've been knowing her for a while. And she would call me when she had different things. And then just one day she called and she was just like, I'm working on this project. I said, well, what is it, Amber? And she said, uh, it's called Black Jesus Adult Swim. Uh Mike Clattenburg and uh, Aaron McGruder. So, of course, mm-hmm. I wasn't familiar with with Mike Clattenburg. He's a great director. I know him now. Mm-hmm. Great director. And But when I heard Aaron McGruder. Yeah, he went to Howard. Yeah, I, yeah when he, I heard he Aaron's Howard. name, I'm like, oh. Boondocks. I see and, Boondocks and yeah. Aaron she was like, yes. Wow. They have a new show, and we talked about it. I said, okay, yeah, I like that. I said, I'll give it a shot. She said, okay. She said, and I just felt like, she said, we've seen some people. She said, but I just felt like you and Corey Holcomb would have this 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 comedic energy and you will be able to meet him comedically in yeah. this uh role and i went in there and i auditioned uh everybody was in there you know aaron clattenberg robert wise and other people from the um production mm-hmm. because they were at the last i mean the show was going into production the next week wow so this was at the last it was like a week left and they hadn't got shalinka yet mm-hmm. so i went in there and they all there and i read with black jesus he was in there, right? I didn't even know at this time he was really that black. Was, yeah. I did not know. I was like, okay, who's the big dude? You know what I mean? I was like, okay, I'm reading with the big dude. And we went in there, and uh, I had a great audition. Wow. I had a great audition, and when we left, they were like, okay. And, you know, they were just looking. But you never know what auditions. You don't know what they're looking for. You just go in there and try to give it your best. If you come up with it, you come up with it. If you don't, you keep pushing. You know, it's just one <laughs> And they call later. It's like, you got it. She called later. She said, they liked She said, I knew it. She said, you got it. And then she said, uh, we be sending all the paperwork and everything over, you know, so we can get started because you start on Monday. 
the following week. And you know, and that's and that's your career has been amazing that way. Where just clubs all across the country, TV shows, movie stuff, everything. What advice would you give? to young comics coming up now? Because it's almost a different world with the internet, your social media, you got to be out there with that. It's a little bit different than it was. It, it is very different. Um, and I sometimes I feel sad for the younger comics because mm. I, I came up in the era when we had to be in the club. So we honed our skills differently. We were in the club. You know, they have the internet, so they do a lot of watching. Mm. And they think that you learn from watching people that's wrong in stand-up. And they don't realize that stand-up is who you are. And it's about your point of view. And it's about you building you. It's not about what the next person does. Because believe it or not, people can see it. I look at some comics and I can call out who you being. Mm. I'm sitting back there in my head and I can say, that's such and such. That's such and such. That's such. I'm turned off immediately. Mm. I'm right away. I shut down. Because to me, you ain't putting in the work. Right. You can see it. I see it. You know what I'm saying? And that's one thing that I liked about you and stood out about you. You were yourself. From the part I saw you, you were yourself. You had that. you had your stories, and you were being yourself. And that's the biggest thing I can say to them. Be yourself. Because they can't steal your life. They can't steal <laughs> your life, and they can't steal your point of view. Go up there. Be who you are. And all that funniness, it's going to take you time to learn who you are on stage. You're not going to learn that overnight. It doesn't happen like that. It takes years. I mean, many years for you to start getting in the rhythm where you're coming into your own of who you are. And and I I feel like I'm one of these kind of people. I just don't think we stop learning until we pass on. Yeah. So I feel like even with me, with myself, I'm still learning, eager to learn. I'm still growing. You know, I had a chance to sit down and talk to Bernie Mac one time. I was sitting there like a, a kid with a pacifier, soaking up. soaking up all that knowledge, listening to what he had to tell me, you know, because I know he know. He walked these dogs I'm walking, you yeah. know. So be yourself. Work hard. Stay uh, optimistic. If you don't stay optimistic, this business has peaks and valleys. It'll drown you out, and it'll still all the life you have in you and all the things, stay optimistic and practice your patience. Mm. We not in a race. We in a marathon. Mm. And if you can do those things and be yourself, if you're funny, you're going to be fine. If you're not able to do those things, you know, maybe you got to go ahead and get you a nine to five. You <laughs> go know, check on the post office. Go check on that, po- that OBGY. <laughs> it might not be for you, but that's the best thing that you can do in a lot of comics. They don't do that anymore. They looking for a quick fix. This not it. Mm-hmm. You don't have a quick fix. And it's really hard with social media because social media gives you a really false sense of what's going on. Mm. And it can give you a very false sense of reality because mm. your mind playing tricks on you because you thinking one thing happening and that ain't really happening. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So just 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 look at it that way and be who you are, whoever you are. It's going to take you some time to figure it out. But if you're a comic and you think you're funny, be you. Do you. Do your story. Do your life. You can't be Kevin Hart. You can't be Mike Epps. Right. You ain't them. Do your life. I, you know what I mean? Comics out here and Kevin's rhythm. Oh, You yeah. know how many I hear them sitting up there. And I'm saying you can't hear yourself doing this. You in his rhythm. You know what I mean? Comics out here that are, are in Mike's rhythm. Wow. And I'm like, you can't hear this. You don't hear the timing. You don't hear that your delivery like Kevin's right. delivery. That ain't right. That's Kevin. Mm. That's Mike. And so forth and so on, you know. That's Charlie Murphy. That's Tracy Morgan. I'm Dominique. You know, everybody, you do you, right. do you. You know, you your best teacher is the stage and the microphone. People go to comedy classes and stuff. Come on, man. 
at the end of the day, it's going to come down to that time on stage. The stage and the microphone. If you can get that down and you can keep working and you can be you and incorporate your life stories and things like the stories you tell about your wife and stuff, those mm-hmm. great stories. Oh, wow. You know, those, 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 those are great stories. Can't nobody, like you said, can't nobody steal your life. So if you can do that and be you, you be all right. Be good. If you can't, get on up to that post, though. <laughs> <laughs> they still hire, like Biggie said. Yeah. UPS is hiring. They still, they gonna keep hiring. They not going with FedEx. You can work the airport. Welcome back, Comedy Zone Podcast. We got a very, very special guest in the building. It's a celebration. I'm feeling it's sunny outside. I'm feeling good. It's sunny we, outside. And you're wearing a long sleeve shirt. I don't. No, don't no, no. It's good. Sure. I'm just, I'm just pointing things out. <laughs> but we, you're right. It feels great. We got the amazing comedian Dominique in the building today. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Now Dominique is part of a rare club. She is one of the only Does she second know about time. This? Okay. <laughs> one of the only second time guests, right? We've only that's right. Yeah. Uh, Dominique wow. and Paul Hooper. That's it. Yep. That's wow. it. So, oh, that's, yeah, that's that's, 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 that's all the fame. That's all the yeah, fame. That's all right. so much. Yeah. We need pictures on the wall. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what we're basically saying is you family. By the oh, right. Family and and I received that. <laughs> right. Now, now the last time we talked, uh, mm-hmm. you were just doing last comic standing mm-hmm. right now and you ended up making it to like what the final yeah the final five <sighs> top five yeah wow. wow so what what was that whole experience like for you were you nervous i mean i know you're a veteran but i was nervous i think the thing that made me nervous the most was the time i had to do mm. you know when you're a headlining comic mm-hmm. and you have to and you used to doing an hour so you know in that hour you can it's 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 you can say a lot in that hour, yeah. but when you have to cut it to three minutes and four minutes, and that was, I think, the most challenging thing for me mm. yeah. because it had been so long since I did that. Even before I was headlining, I was at least averaging 20 minutes a show, right. 25 minutes a right. show. So now you're talking about under five? Under five, and I have built all these long stories and been able just to lay, you know, just lay down in these premises, you know. So I think that was the most challenging thing for me. How were you able to do it? How did did you have to just look at your material and say and cut just slash? I did. I, I did old material, and I looked at material and things that. Because well, see, it has, they have this thing on NBC called S&P, Standards and Practices. So oh. everything had to be sent through standards and practices. So I really had to look at my jokes because I have some cutting-edge stuff that just couldn't go on NBC. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, that they just like, nah, that, 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 that's just not right. going to work. S&P so, was like, uh, No. Not I mean, today. I even had one joke. They was like, well, is the person alive? Been dead. You know what I mean? I'm like, no, he's not. He's been dead, you know. So I, I, I just kind of. Sat there and just went back through some things. Like, okay, this might work. I haven't said it in a long time. That might work. This might work. And Would you do it again? It from there. Um, I guess. I guess I would say yeah. Hmm. I can do it again, but I think I would. It was a great experience for me. Hmm. Um, great exposure and the tour was a great thing for me as well. That's what I was going to ask. Did it do? Did you notice that it did something for your fan base? It grew it some. It or? did. Yeah. It did help in that area. It really did. Do you still work with any of the comics that you were? up against in the show do you still keep up with anybody or i keep up with some of the people that want to show not in the top five all the time i talked mm-hmm. to ian bag he was in the top oh, five yeah. oh, he's shout a, out he's the bag good. that's my guy you know i talked to him um i don't 
really talk to the rest of them. Like, yeah. But I'll talk to Bag sometimes. Sometimes I'll talk to Andy Erickson. She was in Top 5. Mm-hmm. Shout out Andy E. That's what I call her, Andy yeah. E. So um, I talk to her sometimes. And Palisac through Twitter and stuff. Mm-hmm. I haven't talked to Clayton in a while. He won the show, but I haven't talked to him in a while. But yeah, all of them real cool, you know, real yeah. cool people. Well, that's what's up. I mean, I know, you know, last time we you were here, uh, we talked about your style of delivery mm-hmm. and how it's kind of like you don't let folks breathe. Like mm-hmm. you, st- you step on, you step on it, and then pop, 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 and I think that's the sign of like a a veteran, and in my opinion, a true headliner, is that the audience is like, please just give, like you laughing so hard Keep that you going. don't you don't get a break, and that's something I'm trying to work on with with my style, and I remember you saying. That you developed that up in New York. I did. And and you couldn't let people's attention go for that long. No, you couldn't. And that's really where that style of comedy came from. Uh, you know how they say it's the city that never sleeps all night? Mm-hmm. Well, they think fast up in <laughs> <laughs> And they like things fast. Right. You know how their city constantly moves? Oh, yeah. So they, it's just that style of comedy. When I went there, they went in there, bop, bop, they rapid fast. Bop, 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 bop. You know, and, and it was so bad. I have had to learn to slow down. Depending mm. on the audience that I'm in, uh, especially in the south, especially in some places in the Midwest, <laughs> though, girl, for real, yeah. in some places in the Midwest, you got to slow down because they don't digest it as fast. They don't catch oh. it. No, they don't catch it as fast. Yeah. So they're not used to people talking that. Fast. No, they just it just the jokes not resonate. They need to say the joke. They Let me think for half a second. I mean, jeez, <laughs> and then go on. You have to you have to slow down. But that definitely came from living in New York. So I'm from DC, but Mm-hmm. As far as comedy is concerned, I was really birthed in New York. New York. Mm-hmm. Now, because that made Shout me... out to the Boogie Down Bronx. That's where I lived. Yeah. Oh, that's where you were? Oh, that's yeah, where I lived at. So shout out that's, to the Boogie but, Down. But any comedian we talk to says New York is really tough. So the fact that you that's where you came up in comedy, that's mm-hmm. that's huge. Because I feel like if you make it in New York, you can make it anyway. Yeah, and it, what the great thing about it is there's so many different ethnic diversities. So many different comics, and you can make money. And I don't know how it is now, but when I was coming through that comedy scene, you could work. You could do five shows a night, mm. you know, with all those different boroughs. Yeah. And then even without the uh, five boroughs, it's all, when you think about all the New England states, all upstate, all that way, oh, Vermont, Rhode, Rhode Island, you know, all yeah. that up there, Connecticut, you know, you could really work up there. You could really make money. And they were hard crowds. You know, they really, really, you know, you take like L.A., they laughing at anything. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> they laughing at anything. New York, no. Wow. No. You have you bet, to be funny. You got to be funny. You better be up here saying something funny or you might as well sit down, you know, because they'll tell you, Ramel to be like, yo, son, we ain't here popping bottles. I ain't, I ain't buy all this to sit up here and no laugh, y'all. Damn, I could have stayed home for real. Then you hear one girl, stop, Ramel, leave him alone. You know what I'm saying? You always acting out, Ramel, when you come. That's why I don't like to come with you. You always acting out. Quit acting out all the time. And I built great relationships in um New York. Uh, uh, Tracy Morgan. Especially, he's really looked out for me. I would have never worked Caroline's without Tracy. Wow. When Tracy started headlining Caroline's, he had called me and said, I'm going to send Big Jim to get you. That was his driver at the time. Right. He come pick me up, go down there and host the shows or even feature before Tracy. And that led me to the managers being there. And they were like, well, they started calling me. He said, yeah. well, give me your number. Even if Tracy's not here, if I got a spot. 
you know, I call you, you come do the spot. I was like, oh, yeah. Wow. And then That's I was great. able to do that club. Yeah, yeah, I was able to come do that club and still can. So so after after these years that you've been performing, mm-hmm. how was your, your writing style? Because I know some comics have a set time, a day, a week that they sit and write. And other comics, when something comes to them, they write. How is, what's your writing style like? When it comes to me. Okay. Yeah, when it comes to me, I'm going to jot down what I need to jot down. To get that thought out on stage, I jot it down in my phone. You ain't even got to really write mm-hmm. on paper a whole lot anymore. Yeah. I jot it down in this app I got, mm-hmm. and then I write enough words to help me remember what I'm talking about, mm-hmm. which direction I want to go in, and then I take it to the stage. Oh, it can okay. come through me riding down the street, right here, right now, North Tryon. Yeah. <laughs> and I be like, that's funny. You know what <laughs> I mean? And then it just comes like that. I don't have a time where I'm like, okay, I'm about to sit down and write these jokes. They don't come to me like that. Yeah. They don't hit my mind like that. I could be talking or I could be looking at TV and I could see something on TV and I'd be like, nah, that's funny. <laughs> and then I'd be like, okay. And then I just start talking about it with whoever I'm watching TV or either I'd be laughing by myself, you know, going through why I think this funny. And then I put in my phone, I'd be like, okay. Da, 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 da. Right. Yeah. And and so all them tags, it. all that stuff comes from that way, doing it that way. Doing it that way. But the tags and all that stuff, that come from the stage. Mm. So once I get what I want to talk about, I start letting it take a life of its own on the stage. I put it on the stage and then I start letting it birth itself on it's the like stage. Organic. Make yeah. it organic. Yeah. It'll start it'll start filling itself out and feeling birthing itself and I keep okay, they like that part. Maybe I can go this avenue. Right. Maybe they ain't get that, so I must have delivered that part a little wrong. But that's okay. I I live to fight another day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that kind of thing. And, and and just put it all together like that. That's yeah. how I kind of put it together. And it, it just take a life on its own, of, of its own on stage. Wow. And wow. then I try to see what other stories are inside the bit. Mm-hmm. Like when I tell a bit, I might say something inside that bit that take me off into a whole nother, onto a whole nother highway. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So I, you're pretty open to wherever your delivery kind of takes you. Like you yeah. have in mind what you want to do, but you let it go wherever I'm going to let it take me where it needs to take me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just kind of follow his lead. So no set is the same? I can say it is. Okay. It can be the same premise-wise. Right. But it might be different delivery-wise. Yeah. So it might have the same premise, but it might be different. So that means you need to come to every show this weekend, guys. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Every show. So you can hear every little different piece of material. it, It might come, you know, go a little different. And then sometimes, like anybody else, you get tired. Like, I don't know, where was I? I had one show. I don't know, I was in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And man, you know, when, you, when you're when a comic and you've been on stage and you work and you know how your mind works mm-hmm. and you know how you can pick up things, you you know your quickness and you know when you can turn the corner. I guess almost like an athlete. Mm-hmm. They know when they feeling good out there on the field or the court mm-hmm. or they know when they out there and they like, how? <laughs> you know what I'm in saying? In the zone, right. Yeah, so then like, and it doesn't happen often, but I, I know, like, sometimes it's like, okay, I'm just tired. I can't. <laughs> and I feel tired. my mind just, <laughs> and I'm pulling. Then I be like, there go the light. Hey, look, man, y'all come back tomorrow. I got this. <laughs> That's what I'm saying to myself. <laughs> I'm saying to myself, it doesn't happen often, so I'm thankful for that, you know. <laughs> and I just like, you know what, there go the light. Then I come over, my team, they be like. I like, hey, look. Hey, <laughs> hey, like, oh, and then they start giving me my list of, 
you know, such and such. I'm like, I know. I know. I know y'all just telling me. I know we family. I know. I was up there. I know. I know. And, 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 and it's not that. You know, I'm always, this might be a little popping your call. I'm always this type of calm. Even when I'm bad, I'm better than the average. Mm. That's the way I look mm. at it. Even right. when I'm not well, at my, you, when you I'm not at my be best. Way. Right. I'm better than you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 you know what I'm saying? So I, um, so, it, but, but it's fun. I think the biggest thing is just having fun. That's all. Yeah. Well, it, it, it comes off in the way you perform. I remember last time you were, you were down here. I was with you in Greenville. Yeah. We were yes. born in Greenville. And I just remember seeing you and I'm like, there's a comfort level. I mean, mm-hmm. you came out dancing. Yeah. Enjoying the music. You didn't rush into uh, you just came and enjoyed it and got a feel for the environment almost. Yeah, just see what's going on, you know. See what what, what y'all doing. How y'all feeling? What, what, what's going on? Yeah. So, yeah, just get a feel. You got to relax. And I'm a very conversational kind of comic anyway. So, when I relax and I feel almost like I'm sitting on the couch, mm-hmm. then, you know, I'm. It's, it's, it's better for me. I just try to relax and have fun. If you do that and you funny, it's going yeah. It's, it's going to resonate. It's right. going to work. It's, it's going to work. work. Yeah. Because we, sometimes we take it too seriously. Yeah. Now, I know I know. last time uh, you were here, mm-hmm. you, one of the things that you said was, basically two of the big themes, because I asked about your advice for comedians, mm-hmm. and you talked about being patient mm-hmm. and staying positive. And, it, and it's funny because we had Dion Cole here mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. And I was asking him about uh, other comedians and pieces of advice. And I heard him talk about it on another podcast, too. And he says that you said something to him that changed his whole career. Mm-hmm. He gives you the credit. And he said he was complaining about L.A. And, oh, it's so fake. And it's this and that. And a lot of things he didn't like about it. And you said, well, well just leave then. Yeah, go home. I said, D, go home. If it's that bad for you, pack your bags and leave. He just looked at me like, damn. You know what I'm saying? Wow. He just right. at, leave. He's used to people sugarcoating things. And yeah, sweet. leave. Yeah. If it's that bad, roll out. Wow. And I and and, and clearly he should have stayed. That was <laughs> yeah, it worked that out was okay. His, yeah, it worked out okay. <laughs> that was a good choice. Yeah, that was a good choice. But the, because and I and I feel that way because my grandmother always she would never let us complain. She wouldn't mm. when we start complaining. She said, "Shut your mouth up. Mm. Shut it up now." And I'm looking, I'm like, this old lady crazy. But, you know, in hindsight, you know, she been gone. She gone now. Right. She would always quit complaining. Shut your mouth up and do something about it. She said, everybody got their own thing they going through in life. Wow. Everybody. They wow. don't want to hear what you going through. Do something about it. That's so wise to Change it. If you give this a problem for you, change it. Shut your mouth up. Keep complaining. Everybody going through something. Everybody got their eels and their woes. Do something about it. See how you can f- fixate your mind on changing the situation. And you know, when somebody tell you that and you 12, right. you don't get it. Right. But when you're in your 40s and right. she long gone, you in your 30s, right. you like, I got you. And I got you. And to see everything she has seen in this country mm-hmm. and to still have that attitude. She got every reason to complain. She was born in 1915. She got every reason to complain. She born in 1915 and was here for a while. Ain't leave till she was 87 years old. So she was here a long time. And still had that attitude. And still had that attitude. But it made sense. That's why I told D. Lee. Because what happens in hindsight, if you get to complain and and, uh, that 
you don't have room. This business is peaks and valleys. Mm -hmm. You're not going to always like what happens to you in this business. Might even cause you to shed a tear. But if you get to complaining about it mm -hmm. and get to crying and uh, making it a battle and the struggle, it's going to wound you. Mm. It's going to make you bitter. Mm -hmm. It's going to make you upset because everybody else, they don't really care. Mm -hmm. So you're going to be upset. You're going to be a bit bitter. So it's going to break your health down, and it's going to shatter your opportunities to even give yourself a shot to go where you're going. Mm. And another thing she always said, keep your eyes off of other people and keep them on yourself. Mm. She said, if you keep your eyes on yourself, you do wonders for yourself. Mm. She said, stop looking at other people. Stop looking at what they're doing. That's what they're doing. That they blessing. Keep working on what you working on. Your blessing gonna come through. A wise lady. I said, all right, mom. I said, okay, grind, grind. Damn. Yeah. So you know, that's when he was. He was, and and he was what 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 he was really going through is what everybody go through when they come to L. A. It's a difficult time. Mm. It make you feel like that. You be like, man, what? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's hard to describe unless you've been in that unless system. You've been there. Unless you've been there. So what he was going through. He was rightfully going through it, and people had been through it, and I had been through it, and those kind of things. And the best thing I could tell him, I was like, D, go home. Go home, because he's too funny, too talented. You know what I'm saying? Right. Too funny, too talented. To let Don't, L.A. To eat you alive. Yeah. I done seen the town eat people alive because they ain't approach it the right way, and they receive what was going on the wrong way, and they internalized that thing. And when you turn that thing on yourself, it's detrimental to you. You got to count it all joy. Wow. And that's what he Grandma said. He said, said you flipped the script for him. If Yeah. He said, Hollywood, L.A. was this way before you got here. It's going to be that way after you leave here. So what I you going to do? It's people had whole careers for any of us in this room right now was born. They had whole career died. Whole career, lives, kids, all that died. <laughs> before we was even born. So how you going to change? What you, what you going to do? So something behind, and, and you, you gonna change, and you already been here thirty some years. You ain't changing this. You right. gonna figure out how to get the system to work for you, mm. and, and 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 of course, it's not probably gonna work all the way on your terms. But the way I look at it is, if we can come to a happy medium, a little bit on my terms, a little bit on your terms, mm. and we can get together and we can make this thing happen. That's, That's all. That's wild. And you got to count it all joy. My grandma said, count it all joy. It's all joy. <laughs> ain't, nothing, ain't nothing of it sad. It's all joy. You and your health and strength, you living, and all that. Dion tell everybody that. Shout out to Dion. <laughs> <laughs> I love Dion for that. We was out there talking, though, and I felt where he coming from, and I always loved Dion. I love Chicago. I just got this bond with them Chi-Town comics. We just got this thing. Always had me, Corey, and Holcomb, too. Yeah. Yeah. We just got this thing. The Chi-Town comics is just like that. <laughs> Diane Corder, Mark Simmons, you know what I'm saying? The list go, Kenny Howe, the list go on. If I don't call your name, right. don't charge it to my heart. Charge it to <laughs> <laughs> I've been up since five o'clock this morning. Now, now are you are you still working with Black Jesus? Yes. So, what season is this? Three. Three. Because I saw I saw the first two. No, I saw the first season, and I haven't caught up. Okay. But uh, so you and Corey still on there? We still on there. We should probably start filming like I don't know, probably sometime next month or the beginning of September, something like that. The scenes between y'all are some of the funniest scenes daddy. on TV. Right? That's my baby. Don't talk, don't look at me when I'm talking to my baby daddy. <laughs> 
Oh my we goodness. We do. I, I would agree. Me and uh, Hulk, I call him Hulk. Me and Corey have uh, we got good chemistry how much, on camera. How much fun do y'all have on the We Saturday do. Show? We just laugh like we he can add lip something and I just shake my head <laughs> like your ass ain't not gonna say that, did <laughs> No, I didn't. <laughs> and I'll be saying, but I got one coming back just as soon as that camera gets to roll. <laughs> so, we had fun. We had wow. fun. So what's so what's what's next? Uh do you have any sp- Projects you're excited about, or cities you headed to that you're excited about, or um, well, um, I did a movie, I did a part in uh, a small part in the movie with Tyler Perry called uh, Medea. You talked about that the last time, and no, I hadn't done it yet. No, no, you hadn't done it, but you said on stage, I just got the call. You had just got did the I, call. I don't know, I don't remember. Yeah, you were Maybe. you were performing, and you said I just got the call that I got landed a spot, and the audience was clapping, and then you okay, got a spot maybe. in the Tyler Perry movie. So I did, and, and so that comes out in Halloween. It's called Boo. Boo. Boo and Madea Halloween. Oh, you in that? Yeah, I'm in that. So, Boo and Madea Halloween, I got a role in that. Uh, Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Wow. So, um, I'm touring. I'm going to shoot a special. And we're going to start the next season of Black Jesus. You know, I don't know if you guys heard. It's a new show coming on MTV. And Little Rail is hosting the show. It's called Acting Out. So, what the show is, is they're going to have comics do stand-up, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And while they're doing stand-up, it's going to be a sketch going simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And the, the we'll be acting out the sketches. So I did some of those sketches, too. Oh, wow. Yes, yeah, so I played Lil Rail's when mom. When does that I'm not even sure. Oh, okay. It's a new show, so I don't even know the premiere date, but I did play Lil Rail's mom in one of the skits. <laughs> He's and funny the, too. Yes, he is. Shy Town is what I'm trying to tell you. Yes, he is. Rodney Perry. I can oh. the list go on and on and on. With He's this. a Chicago. Yeah, oh, because I'm used to seeing him in Atlanta. That's where he lived, Randy oh, Perry from Chicago, all day long, okay. all day long. Yes, wow. So, um, Tony Schofield, you didn't got me thinking about my Chicago. <laughs> 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 so, um, I did that show too, and um, uh, I'm gonna head out to um Montreal next week, just for laughs, just for laughs. I'm gonna do some stuff on just for laughs in Montreal next week. So that's great. You know, I'm blessed. I can't complain. I'm so happy to see to see Nor all this you. happening. No wonder. Yeah. yeah, the ghost of my grandmother <laughs> be sitting on the side of the bed. What I tell you? Right. <laughs> right. See, I just believe Hollywood. They need people. It needs people like you. I just like spirits like that right. because you sometimes you meet people. And I don't know whether L.A. or Hollywood changes people sometimes or whatever else, but I don't see that with you. Are you see? No, because I think they do that to themselves. Mm. They think that's how they pose that. They think that's how they supposed to be. Right. They, they didn't build this. I have arrived. Sit down. <laughs> you ain't arrived nowhere. You know, because the, the fact of the matter with that whole I have arrived thing, the fact of the matter is, no, you haven't. And the reason I say that, because if you're dealing with show business, just, I don't even like to use the word arrive. Just say you doing well. Because mm. the thing can turn so quick. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It can turn so quick. You think you on everything. You be on everything. And it can go to not being on nothing. Just like that. Yeah. Just like that. It's the nature of the beast that we dealing with. So you just can thank God for your blessing, say you're doing well, and keep putting your best foot forward and start preparing for when you're 65. <laughs> Make sure things better. You ain't got to go out here and walk these dogs and do this grind when you're 70 years old. Right. If you can, you can do it because you want to do it. Let me say that. Right. You can do not it because you, you have to. Not because you have to. 
you know, try try to concentrate what they be. People be, they, they be making that stuff. I didn't came up in the game with people. They move to L.A. They be talking to me. I be wanting to say, this me. <laughs> I be thinking they seeing somebody else's face. They be like, you do you see this? this? Who uh, I look like? Who you're talking to? Right what you doing? What are you doing? Button your shirt up. What are you doing? <laughs> you ain't sexy. Button your shirt up. You ain't built like that. What you talking? What you doing? <laughs> you put gel on the side of your head. What you doing? <laughs> What you doing? Brand so new. I think they just, and I think that that takes a lot of energy. Yeah. And I just think that you don't never know when your life's gonna turn, and the person that you're not treating right, mm-hmm. you don't never know if you're gonna be that person. Right. You know, I used to want to go visit. I had a lot of great aunts and uncles that was old in the hospital. Mm-hmm. I used to want to go visit them at the nursing home and stuff. And once again, she stepped in. Mm-hmm. My grandmama stepped in, and she said, "You do want to visit." I said, no, I don't. She said, you live to be old as my brother. You're going to want somebody to walk this hall and come see how you're doing, bring your little plate of food. Wow. Yeah. She said, you're going to want somebody to do So be careful how you do it. I don't want to do I said, okay, never mind. I'm going to just stop bringing up stuff around her. <laughs> but, <laughs> but she just dropped jewels on, you know, to spark my intellect. Right. And that got a lot to do with my comedy, too, to spark my intellect and to get me to thinking about thinking, you know, the other way. So all that celebrity and all that stuff. Yeah, that they, they, they come with the territory. But it ain't no reason for you to act a donkey. Right. Yeah. They just be doing that. But they they that's always who they were anyway. They just ain't had no celebrity and money mm. to have that bravado. So you, it just amplified it. It just amplified because you're going to look like a fool broke, you know, working at the burger joint with this attitude. They're going right. to be like, he's, he's a sociopath. <laughs> he's delusional. He's a sociopath. So when they get the money and stuff, that whole little thing they had going on, they like, okay, now I can unleash it. Man, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, number one, for being you and and for coming in and hanging with us for a little while. Thank y'all for having me. Yeah. And what was your grandma's name? Hattie C. Boyd. Hattie C. Boyd. Thank God for her, too. Yeah. We all benefited from oh, that. Oh, yeah. She, she was cold. She was a cold old like She ain't pulled no point to sit in that chair with that leg crossed, drinking that coffee. Mm. Let you have it, boy. <laughs> <laughs> she let you have it. Even if she got sick, she ain't say much, but if she felt like it needed to be said. It got sick. Oh, it got sick. And that's how you are. Yeah, and then you, <laughs> then you put that on top of my mother. Hey, it's a wrap. <laughs> But it, it, it gets you through life, you know, so I ain't, I don't care how much celebrity and money I got. I ain't using my energy being simple like that. Good. They just do it. I can't speak to you, can't act like when you talking to So what are you asking me? Man, I will slap your face <laughs> off. You heard this question. That's what you're saying in your, I mean, I don't really think that. And did, I'm going to slap your face off. Like this lady I heard on the radio. I'm going to slap you to sleep. <laughs> that lady said, I'm going to slap you to sleep. So, yeah, it's just, just it's, it's, to me, it's too hard to be yourself every day. Yeah. It's a challenge, I think, for everybody, mm-hmm. just being yourself. Yeah. So to build another person to add to that, that's a heavy load. So I'm going to just keep working on being the best me I can. And figure out Dominique and I'll be all right. The Comedy Zone Podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Comedy Zone Podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Bumpashevitz. Talent Wrangler is Mike Hall. 
Original music composed and performed by John McKeever. <laughs>